Before we get going, make sure you're subscribed to the show on whatever audio platform you're using and jump over on YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Daily Real Estate Investor. We have shorts coming out daily as well as these podcast episodes on video. Welcome back to the Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast. Today, we got a special episode for you guys today. Um, we got a friend of mine. Uh, I don't want to get too much into the intro because I think his story speaks on its own. Uh, but we got Marco Pfeiffer. Marco, what's going on, man? Hey, I'm doing great, Tony. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. Just excited and waiting for for people to hear your story because um, I think your story is honestly one of the best ever like to to listen to. I think it's, it's one of those stories that a lot of people are, uh, just imagine it or see it in movies, but don't actually see it in real life. And this is real life right here. So, but yeah, yeah we'll... I don't know if you're giving too much credit there. So I don't know if I can live up to the expectations. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's get right into it. You know, let, let's start talking about, you know, who you are, talk about your origins. Cause I know, uh, you know, how you got to the U S cause you're not originally from here. So talk to me about that. That way people can, can get to know you. So, yeah, so my name is Marco Pfeiffer. I'm originally from Germany, a small town in Germany, close to Frankfurt, Germany. Um, I uh, was 26 when I came to the U.S. Um, I basically had a job as a financial analyst with a German company. I'd never been to the U.S., didn't know anybody in the U.S., came by myself. Um, that company was not a big company. I didn't have some nice expatriate contracts. So it was basically, hey, you want to work there? Yes. You got to take care of everything else. Take care of your fly, take care of uh, where you live and whatsoever. Did you know English? I knew English somewhat. I didn't speak the way I speak now. I had a very, very <laughs> heavy accent and uh, still have an accent, but was much, much stronger than and and uh, not even remotely close to, to English. No. Told you. I learned it by watching a lot of movies with English subtitles while I was in the US and reading the Wall Street Journal. That's how I uh, got my business English and my, and my vocabulary going. <laughs> so what, what year? Go ahead, go ahead. That's 2002, 2002. So okay. February 18, 2002. Wow. And I uh, started as a financial analyst for a small German company in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. I, um, the company was, had a lot of issues and ultimately three years into it went bankrupt. I mean, the German oh. operations stayed for a while, but the U S operation went bankrupt. So 2005, I was unemployed, had to look for a new job, found another opportunity as an internal auditor for another German company, much bigger company, Siemens, German traditional okay. GE. Uh, worked there as an internal auditor for two years, got promoted to be a controller. There was no first management position. This was back in 2007. <laughs> and then in 2010, I actually got my first job as a CFO for a, for a valve company in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So for the controller job, I moved to Huntsville, Alabama. And then uh, in 2010, moved for the CFO job to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Oh. Did that for a while, got an opportunity to become a CFO in, in Houston, Texas. Uh, lived there for Ben Rouge for four years, lived in Houston for three years. Uh, 2016, I became unemployed. The CFO job was in an oil field um, related business. Huh. Uh, company struggled and bankrupt, and um, I was unemployed for <laughs> three months, which was in hindsight a blessing disguise at the time. Uh, I was married. Just bought a new house in outside from Katy, Texas, just outside. The old house we had was on a contract, but a week after I got let go, it fell off contract, so people canceled on us. So um, I was stuck with two mortgages. Oh, man. And no income. And I mean, I had some savings. I mean, I was CFO before, so I had some savings. But I realized there's no cash coming in. Mm. So if I deplete my savings, that money's gone. Um, plus was stuck with two mortgages, not, not, I mean, both mortgages and big houses. So not, not some cheap mortgages, not some five hundred dollars or whatever. And, um, I had one rental property. Okay. I was an accidental landlord. So back in 2010, when I left Huntsville, probably I had, I rented it. And, um, 
but I didn't know anything about it. You know, I didn't fully understand everything. I didn't know how to scale up. I didn't fully understand all concepts of cash out refinancing and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. somebody paid my mortgage. I was happy, you know? So I had a little bit of understanding of real estate, but nothing remotely close to where I'm now, or what I needed to scale up. And then in 2016, I was unemployed. So for three months, I went all in real estate, you know? Mm. Listen to all these podcasts, pick up pockets. I read any book I could find. I got some coaching. I got people helping me. I went to network meetings and whatsoever. So um, I actually had to move back to Huntsville, where we met. Um, mm-hmm. the job <laughs> I went at is, is the same company you and I used to work for. Yep. And uh, and then just even though I had a job now, I had the income, but I my, I started buying real estate, cash flowing wow. real estate. And the whole idea was I want to make four to five thousand dollars in net cash flow. So if I ever let it go again, if I'm unemployed, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. You know, four or five thousand dollars, I figured you can be you, you feel comfortable with it. And um so that was the whole thing. Yeah. And um it took off from there. So I, I bought one property, two properties, three properties, kept buying properties, generating cash flow, mm-hmm. understand, under, learned how to scale up, learned mm-hmm. how to refinance, use equity in those houses to finance the next property. And then by 2020, um, actually in between, I found a new job. I became CEO of a company in Columbus, Georgia. And uh, But by 2020, I was making more money in real estate than I was making my CFO job. <laughs> That's crazy. So in, uh, so in September 2020, I uh, that was my in my mind. I was like, okay, if I ever make more money in real estate, then I'm making see if whatever job I have, I will quit. Mm-hmm. So I achieved that in two, uh, September 2020, and uh, yeah, quit and uh, quit the corporate world. I was 45 at the time, and um, and um, just focus on real estate. But I'm not a I'm more a lifestyle investor, so I, um, I I still buy properties. I add to my portfolio, but now the portfolio of uh, over close to forty-five uh, single-family properties. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, in what's multi-family, I want some apartment buildings. Sold them last year, um, so I'm not working real estate eight to five or zoning in all day long. But if I see an opportunity, I still still mm-hmm. invest. Yeah. Grateful for the opportunity to live the life I live now, kind of live life by design, and uh, grateful for real estate to allow me to do to to live that life. Man, that's a lot to unpack there. Uh, <laughs> so, immigrant coming into the U.S., uh, did you did you already come? I mean, how did you when you traveled to the U.S. Did you already have? You obviously you already had a, a job secured, right? Because you moved from Germany here with a company. I'm just curious. Yeah, but I, that's the only thing I had. I had a job lined up, and there was nothing. I, um, like I said, I've never been to the U.S. Didn't know anybody. Didn't, didn't know a single soul in the entire United States. And uh, and uh, and everything was new. You know. I yeah. Mean, I remember the first time getting gas. Get the, the pumps are different in German than they're in, in the U.S. <laughs> the first time getting gas, and they didn't know how to get gas. Oh man. Well, how little I knew. Yeah. So so for those that always like put in excuse that you know, that you don't know anybody or you don't know how to get started. Honestly, I mean, Marco, you started from basically nothing from zero. And that's how it was for me and my family when we moved here as immigrants. It was the same thing because I'm originally from Dominican Republic. And I mean, obviously, I was a kid when when we first moved in. But my parents, I believe they only had like $800, $800 and three kids. And I mean, thank you. You know, thanks to God we're, we're here right now. But Anyway, so I want to unpack your story because there was a lot of things, but man. Just to just to add to this, yeah, yeah, the fact that your dad did this made him a much better person. I mean, it's great for you as a family and mm-hmm. opportunity to grow up like this. But I'm sure your your dad accomplishing this made him a much bigger and a much better person. Absolutely, uh, university, building a life from scratch, and all this. If you do. That's why I said, like, like, like in my job state on, I moved around a lot. And mm-hmm. certain people like, oh, I don't want rules. Oh, I can't believe you move cross country. If you ever move from one country to another, especially one that where they speak a different language than what you grew up with, mm-hmm. and you build your life there. There's nothing, absolutely nothing that can scare you. Yeah. Okay. There's absolutely nothing. There's, there's, there's nothing. I mean, really. I mean, if I know 
it's a lot about mindset and believing in yourself and envisioning things. And, and if you if you overcome something like this, there's absolutely nothing that somehow scares you or you absolutely, you know, absolutely. And one thing I always say, I mean, you gotta, uh, and we'll talk about that in in a second. You know, the American dream. I mean, it's still it's still alive. I mean, the U.S. To, in my opinion, is still probably the, the number one country in the world as of now. It's still a country that offers a lot of opportunities um, that a lot of the citizens here don't take advantage of, but we can legally uh, and we were able, it's in our hands to you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And especially being being an immigrant, it's, it's amazing how much more immigrants appreciate the U.S. than people, not is, everybody, but a lot of people in the U.S. Right. do not appreciate what they have. That is so true. They do true. not understand if they're born into it and they're just thinking this is normal. Okay, I hate to break the news. The U.S. is not more. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you go to any other country, even if you go to Europe, I grew up in Germany, Western German, Western Europe. I mean, it's it's more advanced, understands industrial, and, and it's a fairly wealthy country whatsoever. But the opportunity there is not even remotely close to what Germany is. Yeah, you know, and Dominican Republic. I mean, there's a lot of poverty and whatsoever. You know, if you and and, and the pro I always say Americans who think that this country is I don't know um sure. is unfair or not equal or this is sucks or that sucks. They should live somewhere <laughs> exactly in Africa or Dominican Republic or whatever, you know. Yep. Live there for six months, you know. And then and then tell me how 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 how, how fortunate we are here. How fortunate you are and how unfortunate you are, how bad this country is Yeah, yeah. A lot of these people don't have um the U.S. is the exception, actually. I mean, Absolutely. Any, there's a few others, but in general, the U.S. is the exception. And I agree, uh -huh. the American dream, yes, it's harder, but it's still alive, man. I, I, you probably know a lot of immigrants. I know a lot of immigrants, guys who, who start cutting grass. You know, Now they own a lawn company with 80 people work for them cutting grass. You know, uh -huh. so It's still alive. Still, yeah. if you... If you if you focus on it, and if you really want it, that's the thing. If you really want it, then then anything is possible. Absolutely, and then that's the thing. Like I know for a fact that I, I so I go to church um, where it's a Spanish uh, mass, you know, like a service, and in that crowd, there is some families that literally came here as immigrants, crossing the border from Mexico or Guatemala, and today they have a huge company. Um, and it's just people that, you know, they have the, the appreciate what this country has to offer. And man, when I, I remember I went to a guy, he owned like a, a $3 million house. And I was like, man, and you know, it's humble people. Like you would never know they own this house this big, but it's like people that started from nothing. They started their own company. They see the, the, what this country has to offer. And then from there, just scale and take advantage of the opportunities. Unbelievable. So absolutely. So you mentioned as an immigrant uh, from that job that brought you here to the States, you, I believe you said the, the company, the U.S. branch went bankrupt. Is that, is that true? Is that, did I say that right? Yes. Yeah. And were you stuck here now? Like, were you, did you stay here after that? I actually or had, I was on a visa, so I actually had to find a company that sponsors me. Oh, so that's why you found another German company. Yeah, that was another, 2005 was very stressful. Mm -hmm. So, and I see, I saw the writing on the wall where it was going, so I applied with jobs and with German companies to find some of that sponsored me um, for the visa. Because technically I would have to leave the few months, I don't know what the rule is, but the few months technically I would have to yeah. leave. Um, so I, and, and fortunately there's a lot of German companies throughout the world. So I was able to find a company that sponsors me. And then later on they actually helped me to get the green card. Mm. So, well, so I threw them, I actually got the green card later on. Cool deal. So, I mean, that's one of the things where, I mean, I, I assume you saw the opportunities that the U.S. offered. You were like, I got to stay here. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, no, good point. I, I didn't mention it. Initially, the plan was I'd stay here for two years. That was the oh. plan. The plan was to come here. I should have mentioned that. Like, the plan was to come here for two years yeah. to learn English. Mine oh. was not conversational English. And, uh, and put on my resume two years experience working in the U.S. You know, that yeah. was the whole goal. Of, Polish my resume uh, and and learn English to uh, conversation English that I can so yeah right and right a year and and the first two months was amazing everything was new the mm -hmm. months three through months 
seven to eight probably sucked because I was like, I didn't know it. And then reality kicks in. I didn't know anybody. I starting to build some friendships. and But still, it was everything was kind of overwhelming at times. So, um, so yeah, that was pretty hard. And then after probably a year into it, I realized, okay, this is a great opportunity. Even this company, anyway, the company had issues, but I saw the opportunity. Uh-huh. And then I decided that I, I, I want to stay. So that two years got extended to three years. Gotcha. And then I looked for an opportunity with another German company. Okay, cool deal. So you were uh, a controller, you were a financial analyst, and a CFO. Do, throughout all these years with these uh, high-up positions in a company, when was it that you, and obviously you were studying the, uh, you were studying Wall Street as well. When in your head did you say, okay, this is definitely, I, I am going to invest in real estate? When, when did that happen and how was that process? Yeah, initially, like I said, initially I was an accidental landlord, you know, so, but I didn't understand it. Um, mm-hmm. At one point, I mean, at, but then investing in, in, even though I have, have an MBA, I, I got an MBA along the way and uh, I'm pretty good for understanding of finance in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, I realized the stock market is just not, not, not what I'm looking for, you know, uh-huh. because it's, 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 there's two things. One is I'm the worst stock picker ever. So that means when I buy a stock, it usually goes down. And when, <laughs> when I, when I sell a stock, it usually goes up. Yeah. Uh, but on, but even if you invest in funds whatsoever, you cannot, it doesn't generate the monthly income. That you mm-hmm. That's where it clicked in. Because I had a good 401k portfolio through my through my previous jobs. I had some savings. Most of it was in stock. But I realized in order to make a living, I have to sell the stocks. Yeah. You know? And I own a lot of stocks to live off dividends. Yeah. You know? uh, and that's when it kicked in. And then it was, okay, I need to generate cash flow. Okay, how do you generate cash flow for real estate? Somebody pays you. And, and at the time... The, the property I had initially was rent for twelve hundred, but as rent was mm-hmm. going up, that property was rented for fourteen hundred. So initially, I didn't make much money, but now I'm, in two thousand sixteen, I'm starting making some money with that property too. You know, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, it was actually a valuable lesson too because I bought in two thousand eight, right at the top of the, the height of the market. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, June two thousand eight, you cannot pick a worse time to buy. <laughs> To get in, <laughs> thirty years. Pick one month, the worst month to pick. Two walling. Oh, and, uh, at least in Huntsville, and uh, and uh, so I saw how it dropped. But by two thousand sixteen, it came back and it was worth more than what I paid for it. Initially, it dropped by like twenty, thirty thousand dollars in value. I didn't care because it was rented. <laughs> so that was another mindset shift for me. It's like okay, the value dropped, but I didn't care because somebody paid my, my mortgage. Okay, so I was still okay. And I didn't need the money, so I didn't have to sell. So yeah. it was still okay. And then by 16, the value was going up. Now I'm making cash flow. I'm getting cash flow coming in, the value going up. And I'm realizing, okay, wait a minute. This is something I should look more into it. And I got more interested over like 15, it started. kind of started looking in a little bit. But, but 16 was really the mind shift shift where I realized yeah. I cannot put food on the table with the stock. Uh-huh. And, uh, and in order for me... To have the mind, the the, the peace of mind, yeah. That okay, even if I'm unemployed for the next six months, I'm gonna be okay because there's money coming in. For me, the solution was cash flowing real estate. Absolutely, and that's that's why I went in. <laughs> I know. And I sold all my stocks. Anything I had in stocks, I sold everything in sixteen. Sold it all and put it into real estate. Well, yeah. Real estate. Yeah. Buying, buying now, yep. I know. You know. You talking about you know being in Huntsville, two thousand eight. It's funny because that's when, so me and my family, we lived in Cleveland, Ohio when I was a, a, a kid uh, in my, I think I was eight years old. And then we moved back to the Dominican Republic about five years later. And then in 2008, the company that my dad used to work for in the Dominican Republic, that company um, w- went bankrupt. So they were going to close. And my dad said, you know, we're, we're not staying here in the Dominican. We're going back to the U.S. However, my we, our family, you know, we're from the Caribbean, so we get cold pretty fast. So my dad was like, we're not going back to, to Cleveland, Ohio. So what, what he did, he went into Google and he Googled best places to live in the United States. 
And believe it or not, Huntsville, Alabama, yep, Huntsville, in 2009, Huntsville, Alabama was number one as as far as, like, best place. And I think you look up education, too, like, as far as education, Huntsville, Alabama was number one at the moment. Yeah, because, you know, we we were still, uh, uh, I think it was me and my sister were still in high school. My brother was already in college. And, and yeah, and that's exactly how we ended up here in Alabama. So, like, (laughs) Huntsville probably was one of the, one of the top markets when it was uh, around the time of the financial crisis. So, so that was a good thing. So, um, but anywho, I just wanted to mention that too, before, yeah, before I went. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, interesting. So, yep, yep, absolutely. So, so yeah, I was going to add to what you said was that, you know, real estate, it, it brings in several benefits. You mentioned one of them, which is cash flow, that you don't, you cannot really get that, or at least the same amount when you invest in the stock market, because you can't get that in dividends as much as you can get in real estate. And then at the same time, just like a stock, stock goes up in value, real estate goes up in value, which you mentioned, you know, in 2016, that's what you saw things explode. Um, so that's one, uh, on top of that, of course, the tax advantages that we're not going to talk about here, but there's there's massive tax advantages when it comes to real estate. So with all that, I mean, when I remember when I first grabbed my first real estate book, I, I saw all those advantage, all, all those benefits to real estate. And I was like, this is a no brainer. Um, and you know me, I was still in a sense, I was still in my, in my twenties, you know, still graduate, fresh off engineer. And I mean, I'm glad that I learned this now, obviously, but, but at the same time, oh, yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're way ahead of the curve. I mean, as early as you got into it, I mean, you, 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 you to really well in the future. You know? Yeah. Um, um, and you were one of those people I that I remember still... I talked to first. I remember w- when I, I texted you when I found out, cause this is, <laughs> this is the thing at, when you were a controller in the plant that we used to work in, I had no idea that you were invested in real estate. And obviously I wasn't investing at all. I, I didn't know anything about real estate at the time. Um, and I remember when I got involved and I saw that you were already, you already had a, a big portfolio. I was like, oh man, I got to talk to Marco. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't advertise it too much. Um, still working a corporate job, mm-hmm. so I didn't advertise it too much. When I still did my job, and that job was pretty, uh, pretty intense. Mm-hmm. I, I worked 10, 12 hours on that job, and and uh, and then and then still spend the weekends going to classes, mm-hmm. driving around, and. The, what what I did a little bit different is is um, I actually invested in other cities too, so I just didn't get sure. stuck on on Huntsville. Um, love Huntsville, Huntsville's a great market, but um, but I also diversified. I got into other other cities too. Um, yes, and so I started actually in 2017. I started buying in Fort Myers, Florida, which turned out is to there, be um, really good. Was there a particular reason as to why you you went outside of Huntsville? Just uh, it's not no sophisticated. Eh? We did a analysis when then uh, highly elaborated. No, what happened was uh, um, uh, my best friend from uh, from high school in Germany. Mm-hmm. His sister married a guy from Italy, and they settled in Fort Myers, Florida. Mm. And he called me and said, "Hey, I'm going to visit my sister." Um, we're gonna rent a house in Fort Myers. You should come down and we hang out. So that was like 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. And every year he rented a house and we came down for a week and walked. I was in with sister. I became a good friend with Austin. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> and every year I came, I'm like, man, this is nice. I really like it here. I mean, South West Florida is just beautiful. The weather is amazing. And uh, and I looked at real estate. You know, I remember one day I went mm-hmm. to buy a house here. You know. When I came, was Florida was hit really hard by the crisis. So back in 2012, you could find three bedroom homes built 2007 for like I don't know, hundred and ten thousand, hundred thousand dollars maybe. That's crazy. <laughs> and uh, and then the following year, I'm coming and I look at these houses again. And now these houses are worth one. The trade for one ten, one twenty. You know, and then yeah. I come the following year, and now they're trading for one thirty, one forty. You know, like, and I'm like. Yeah. I got I got a vibe and me just talking and thinking and maybe and all this I'm just I, I got to pull the trigger and I I start buying you know yeah and, uh, about the very first one already 2017 is when I bought 
spawn and then uh back then you still could find properties from there were hit from the from the foreclosure crisis mm -hmm. so i picked up properties that need a lot of work but i could pick still pick them up i mean the the, the renovated were trading for like 160 or well, 170 180 but the um the one that needed work were trading for like 120 140 in that range yeah and, and so that's pick them yeah yeah I was going to say that's an interesting mindset because uh, the average person sees that, you know, and, and sees the the financial crisis of 08. And you're like, oh, no, I'm I'm, I'm going to wait till either the market crashes again or or I'm just stuff just keeps on going up in price. But again, the average person runs away from that. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to invest in real estate. Yeah. yeah or no, you no, actually. Here's yeah. 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 It's a good point is, is you also have to be able to turn off the if you well, want to be a successful real estate investor, you have to be able to turn off the lights. Okay. You have to, you have to look, I mean, if, I mean, another little side story. I don't own a TV since 2016. Okay. I haven't watched TV, like sitting down on a couch and watching TV since 2016. Okay. Okay. So I just, I, one thing I realized it's time thief. So how much, how do you sit down on the couch and you just, Go through the channels. Next thing you know, it's two, three hours later, and you don't even know what you remember what you did for the last two, three hours. Yeah. And the other thing is, if you watch the news, there's always negative, negative, negativity. You know, and it's it's fears what sells. You know, so they do what sells. So they, yep, send out fear and whatsoever. And I, I, I just refuse to have that. Um, have that somehow getting to my mind. So yeah. it's not that I don't follow news. I mean, I'm, I read news on Twitter or which, but I pull the news. You know, it's like it's like okay, I'm gonna look what happened today or whatsoever. You know, and I look for so, five so. minutes and then I move on. So so it's not that I live in a in a box, but but I I pull the, the information. I don't let them feed me the information. Yeah, and uh, and based on that, I. I went to, to Florida and I saw the growth, you know, I saw how many people moved there and whatsoever. I and mean, this is still on the early, I mean, it was just a recovering, but, but I also learned about the crisis, what drove, what drove the crisis. And I was like, this is not going to happen anytime soon again. Right. Not, I mean, there would be other crises, but not what triggered 2008. And, uh, and I just felt very comfortable. And, and the other idea was I want to retire here one day. So it would be nice to own. 10 15 houses in the city you retire and just yep having have that income, that income coming in yeah absolutely and that and that's one of the things where one of the ways to to turn so off last, just one more thing i'll go ahead, go ahead one more thing on taxes i also read a book on taxes which said if you own properties in another city and you go there you can write off the, oh yep the, the travel <laughs> the travel yep. and now i was able to drive fort myers a place i really liked and was able to write off my travel going there you know? <laughs> so that was another that's uh, one thing guys marco's travels a lot and then so you know he has a property wherever he goes <laughs> but but that's that's one thing another way you know you can you can turn off the noise is by getting educated i mean you like you said you you picked up some education in 2016 when you were when, when the compound started happening for you and and with you getting educated and following people that have been doing this for or for a while I mean, you you just gotta follow those right mentors, those right people, in order for for you to believe in what you're doing. You know, it'll eliminate the risk, really, or reduce it at least. Um, so, let's talk about. Because I know a lot of our listeners are are either folks that are now used to have a W two or are currently in a W two. Um, you mentioned something earlier that um, I already used the tool, and it's your four hundred one k. So, how did you use your four hundred one k funds? to get to use, uh, to invest in real estate? Well, I've got education on what can you do and whatsoever. And so I learned about self-directed IRAs. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I, um, uh, basically, I mean, there's different ways to go about it, but one, the way I did it is I basically took a tax hit. So I said, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to take the money out of the 401k. And I move into a self-directed IRA by doing that. <laughs> usually if you take money out of 401k, you have to pay a penalty. And, uh, mm -hmm. but if you move to a self-direct IRA, you don't pay the penalty, but you still have to pay the taxes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to get too far into it, but the 401k, if you really look at it, it's actually more like a scam. If you really, if you, if you, if you start <laughs> understanding it, because 
because all you can do in a 401k is you can buy stocks and bonds. Yep. Okay? That's all you do. Oh, it's for your retirement. Think about this. It's for your retirement so that you can live comfortable when you turn 65. You can live it. But the only option they give you is stocks and bonds. Uh-huh. Why don't they give you real estate or gold or whatever? Why, 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 why can only invest in those two things? You know, maybe yeah. because Wall Street has a vested interest and they support this, so um, that's why you can only invest in those. With a self-directed IRA, you can invest in other things. You can invest in precious metals. You can invest in real estate. You can rent with steam stocks. If you want to buy stocks, can even crypto now. A lot of them have crypto now. How oh, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I took the tax hit, which a lot of people would be like, oh, that's crazy. You take it. And it was at the time, I thought it, I don't know, $200,000 or something. No, probably two fifty, something like that. Two fifty, two hundred was my 401k. And um, and I took the tax hit, which is a substantial number. Because mm-hmm. it's by percentage. Whatever I, my tax yep, was. yep. Yep. I, and uh, But the idea is now... Now I will grow in a tax-free environment. Instead of a 401k when I have to pay taxes later on when I'm 65, now I'm growing it now and when I'm turning 60 or 65, I won't have to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned how to invest uh, with self-directed IRAs, create a, um, a checkbook IRA. I mean, there's different ways. I, I, I did the checkbook yeah. IRA thing and, uh, and just start buying properties, you know, but you got to be careful. I mean, you really have to know what you're doing. This is not something like, um, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's buy some properties. Let's take the money out of one and buy some property. There's a lot of things you have to regulatory things. Uh, you have to be careful. So I'm not advising anybody just go and over right. or set or, uh, uh, you just take that money and you buy a bunch of properties and you get rich. No, there's a, there's, it's a process. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, and I don't want to get too much in detail because I'm not, I'm not an expert on it. Um, I mean, I'm I know what I do. What I do is legal and whatsoever, but I don't I don't feel like qualified educating people on on how to do it. So um, yes, and this is not financial advice. So do your own research on everything we're saying here. <laughs> yeah, do your own research. Don't don't don't. Uh, I don't I don't know I don't know shit about this. I'm just doing <laughs> what I what I'm told. So. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, uh, but anyway, so you can do that. So it's one of my, one of my investments. My main thing is buying single family properties, um, fixing them up, kind of like the Burr strategy, you know, fixing mm-hmm. them up and, uh, and, um, use of debt and cash flow or do a cash out refinance on it. But, yep, uh, yep. one of the things I also do in real estate is, is the software, right? Yep. Yeah. I know for me, the way I did that transition, so, I was in job number three, um, so I had two previous 401k accounts, and what I did was, it was it was 2020, COVID just started, and, you know, obviously the stock market took a hit, and I remember I was debating, you know, should I still invest in real estate, and, and then at the same time, you know, just like you, I think my tax hit, if I was to take the money out, withdraw it, it was 17%. Um, and my account wasn't as big as 250 because I was, I mean, I'm, I was only an engineer yeah, for about 40. Yeah, I had maybe about 30, 30 something thousand dollars. Um, and when the stock market was literally losing a lot of value, I was like, you know what? I can do a lot better um, with my money than, than these folks are. So I decided to take the tax hit myself. Um, and again, this is not financial advice. It may not be really good for you, but at the time I know I could do I could get way better returns than what these folks were giving me in, in Wall Street. So I took that out. Uh, now my account was a, it was first a traditional 401k. And this is this is one of the things too, a lot of people, when you first uh, uh, get a job after you graduate college, they don't really explain to you how the 401k really works. I mean, yes, they give you a whole bunch of literature for you to, to read, but at the same time, it's, it's like when they give you terms and agreements, nobody reads that. So automatically, <laughs> automatically they put you in the traditional 401k plan, which basically is pre-tax. So you get paid and they take that money before you 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 get taxed. And the reason why they do that is because that's more money for Wall Street to to invest, to to, to put yeah, that. And, to, and, they, and they sell it to you like they do you a favor. Oh, you exactly. Get money, so it reduces your, your taxable income. We do you a favor, you know. Uh, there's no such thing as favors, you know. It's, right. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's yes. 
because now I'm going to grow it tax up tax free the tax free money I grow it but when I'm done I'm you're going to tax me on so instead of tax me on a few thousand dollars now you tax me on a million dollars on a million exactly and, and that's the a, other thing what no no you got it you got it how, how system this whole system is so crooked you know it's they tell you oh yes you pay when you it's a million dollars you pay taxes on it then but you have less income, so in a lower tax bracket, so your tax rate is low. Uh -huh. Okay. So one is, I don't know what the tax rate is going to be in 20 or 30 years from now. You know, you tell me the tax rate today is going to be the same as in 30 years from now. I don't know. You know, I mean, is, is today the same as it was 30 years ago or 30 years before that? There's no guarantee that the tax rate is, it might be high, it might be lower. You know, chances are it will be higher. But... That's one thing is they make this assumption that tax rate will always be the same. Mm -hmm. okay, so that's one. Two is why do I have to make less money when I'm 65? Okay. They condition okay. you. They tell you, oh, when you're 65, you quit your job and you're going to make less money. Then you're going to live within your means. Why? Why? Why do I have to make less money when I'm 65? I yep. wouldn't be mad at myself if I make less money when I'm 65 than I make today. Okay, I I consider myself a failure if I make less money when I'm 65. Okay, but you're conditioned. Oh yeah, we quit our jobs, so now you live on Social Security, two three thousand dollars a month. So gotta downsize the house, you know. Gotta drive a smaller car, you know. Go out less for eat and adjust your living. Why? <laughs> no, why? It's it's it's, it's the condition. Doesn't make sense. You know? Yeah, they condition you. So yeah, okay, yeah. When I'm 65, I'm gonna live on less. No, why? I don't. I don't want to live on less when I'm 65. Oh. I, I want to. I want to. This is the same thing. I mean, I, I, I technically retired. I achieved financial freedom, but I would never stop. I love what I do, but I also the more money I generate, the more independent I am. The more opportunities I have, the more the different things I can do, travel whatsoever, and the more I can help others too. Yep. You know, it's not only about how much more my money really make. But how much more you can also give and support others, you know. So I will, I will never stop. And I see myself yeah. when I'm 80 years old, you know, a few days before I die, I close on the real estate. It also, you know. So yeah. It's just, uh, and, yeah. And it's one of those like, why would it make sense? Like, finally, when I'm retired, now that I have all the freedom in the world, I don't have to be in a job. Why would I want to make less? This is a time when I really like should be spending the most because my life is coming up soon, you know. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, that doesn't yeah, make sense like, at all. But they, it, it's conditioning, you know. Yeah. People just accept that right, this is the way it is, you know. Oh, yeah, or I'm 65, you know. And here's the other point I would make on that is also it's like, why do I have to be 65 to enjoy all this? Yep. You know, when I'm 65, chances are I can't move the way I use now, you know. I move now, so I'm gonna be less active, you know. So now I'm gonna enjoy my life, you know. So now I'm gonna take this long three week vacation when I'm 65, <laughs> you know. No, I, I want to do it now. Yeah, do it now when I can, when I when I'm at, you know, when I'm mentally still there, and uh, that's another thing. It's one of the reasons why I want to most work so hard to become financially free is to 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 have the option to do whatever I want to do whenever I feel like it. You know, I want us to wait yep. until I'm 65 to travel to the place I want to go. Exactly, and and so just so so the listeners can know the way. Uh, the other plan for 401k is Roth, uh, Roth of either Roth 401 or Roth IRA. And again, do your research. I'm just mentioning this because this is actually uh, readily available. Roth, they tax you um, basically when 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 you get your earnings, they tax you right then. And if the value goes up, they tax you then. So everything is taxed at present day. So, so that's how uh, a Roth IRA or Roth 401k works. Um, so yeah, do your own research and see which which plants best suits you. So, Marco, you know you being a CFO, let's talk about when you the, the day you decided to retire. How was that? Were you scared when you were like, all right, I'm pulling the trigger, or were you ready, or did you like have some you know some thoughts prior to that you were like, I'm I'm already sure. You know what was that transition going from a CFO? And again, a CFO is a higher position. Uh, in a company, you know, you report directly to the CEO. Um, so how was that thought process? How was that transition for you the day or the, the weeks, month that happened? I mean, what happened when I, when I started my corporate career, I was working my ass off. 
everything. I was working mm-hmm. 60, 70 hours. You know, I mean, I, I didn't have the work experience. I, my English wasn't the best. I, whatsoever, I was reading. I, I did my MBA. I did like a weekend MBA where I spent the weekends studying. I worked very hard, you know. I mean, think about it. I came in 2002. By 2010, I was a CFO. 2002 with nothing, not speaking English, no work experience in the U.S., uh-huh. And eight years later, I'm a CFO. At the time, it was a hundred and forty million dollar company, you know. So, so I worked really, really hard to get where I mean, it was highly motivated. And I, man, every vacation, I took my laptop with me. I was doing email in the morning. I was doing emails during the day. I mean, a lot, a lot of people are like it's crazy, you know. But yeah, hey, I mean, that was the the price I was willing to pay, you know, to get where I want to be. And uh, however. Over the years, corporate kind of killed my spirit. So I uh, I was working really hard and I did all these things. And then I realized not everybody is working that hard. Not everybody is committed as I am, you know. And, and then I saw some decisions made, which I didn't agree on. I saw things done where people decided more in their own personal interest and in the company's interest. Uh-huh. And uh, in 2016, I got unemployed. The, the way that went down was not a... Uh, a pleasant way that went down and um, then the job I was uh, well, we worked in the same company uh, they worked me 10 12 hours I remember <laughs> inventory was always the, the, the pain uh, <laughs> in that company yeah and uh, during inventory week there was one time I worked literally nine days for like 12 to 14 hours straight huh. nine days okay um and uh, I was just, I was just one out. Then the next company, it was better, but there were other issues, politics. And, and the higher you get in the food chain, the more you expose politics and uh, personal interest versus interest of the company. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was, I was fed up with corporate. I was, I was ready to go. However, what kind of what I struggled with was I, I was very structured. Being in a corporate life, you're in a structure. You get up in the morning, you. Or you walk the dogs, you go to work, you know, you, you have your lunch time, and then later on, five, six, seven, whatever, you go home, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it's a very structured life. Monday through Friday, you know, very structured. And then in the beginning, I struggled a little bit with not being structured anymore, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but the, the, and the other thing is, you have a paycheck coming in every other week, you know. So there's a certain comfort level that comes with it. And yes, you get the rent checks, but they're not always coming in on time. Uh, you might have a property that's vacant. You know, it's just more uh, uncertainty around that. Uh-huh. Um, but but it was um, it was definitely uh, it, it it felt weird in the beginning. It felt really good the first two three days, then it felt weird for a month or two, and then and then uh, and then I I got used to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let me, uh, the way we set up this podcast interview was you were, you put put a post on your LinkedIn that you said, I'm homeless and you're celebrating. Talk to me about, I think it was what, two months ago when, when you became homeless. Talk to, talk to the listeners about that. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So if somebody wants to look me up after the show. Uh, Marco Pfeiffer, um, look up my name. Um, you're going to yeah. find me on LinkedIn, very active there. I create a little bit of a following there, post every day. Um, and as always, if you ever want to get in touch with me, the best way is, is, is on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what happened was in uh, January of this year, I actually sold up. The last place I lived was Panama City Beach, Florida. Sold that house, packed up my two dogs, and got on the road. So <laughs> I uh, packed them in the truck, put two suitcases in it, and we now own properties in different cities. So I own properties in Columbus, Georgia, Mobile, Alabama, Biloxi, Fort Myers, Florida. So so I drove to some of the places to check out on things, do things whatsoever. And then at one point, I took off in February, took off to Cabo, Mexico. Oh. So I drove all the way from Florida to... Cabo, Mexico, which is about a 50-hour drive, if you would drive <laughs> straight. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and, uh, yeah, and stayed down there for about a month and a half. 
with my dogs and then drove the way back driving down driving on the bar I was fun I mean I didn't just drive straight so I stayed in Phoenix for three days stayed in Houston for two days so I made a road trip out of it and it was a phenomenal experience wow. and uh so anytime somebody asks me what I do, I tell them I'm homeless and jobless, and I've never been happier. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. But but that's I mean that's one of the beauties that uh, you know the field that we're in now it can bring you. Uh, the fact that you were able to just go, leave everything, uh, uh, not be tied to a certain location uh, for a couple months, for you know a couple weeks. Um, that's one of the beauties of real estate. One of the things that I love about it. And eventually, I mean, I, I'm so jealous, Mark. You don't understand how jealous I am of you right now. <laughs> like the fact that you can do that. And eventually, that's one of the things that that's one of the things that I want to be able to do. Just leave, disconnect from everybody. Uh, you know, that's one of the beauties of real estate. So, yeah, and that, now, that's a beauty. That's a beauty about that's a beauty about real. Like you said, I mean, I was in Cabo, Mexico, and I still rented places. I uh, I closed on two properties on my way down. Uh, well, I stopped the entire company close to two properties, uh, got them fixed by my contractor, and got them rented while I was in Cabo, um, Cabo, Mexico. You know, so um, oh. um, yeah, it's if you if you set yes. the right process in place and you get the experience, it's you can almost manage from anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And then I believe you rode you rode through Huntsville, and that's kind of like where we met up. We we chatted for a while. We had lunch, and uh, again we. Yeah, so I uh, actually in between I went to Germany for uh, almost two weeks. So I stopped in Huntsville, left my two dogs in Huntsville, and well, uh, and uh, yeah, so we met there. So yeah, it was always good. I don't I don't own many properties in Huntsville anymore, but it's always uh, love being there, love going there. I really enjoy the city. Mm -hmm. All right, so now let's transition into you had a whole bunch of single families, and I know you have some point bought multi-family apartments. Um, was that always your end goal in mind and how, how did that happen? Like, did you end up selling some houses or you just bought it, you know, straight cash or through a, a syndication partners? How did you do that? Yeah. Apartment is, I mean, obviously is, 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 is a much different, different game than single family, you know? So, I mean, it's a very different way how you evaluate the deal, the very different way how you finance mm -hmm. it and how you manage your apartment buildings, very different compared to a, a single family. So I had to learn that too. I was a good coaching whatsoever. And um, and I found a, a business partner who, who, were, who were things alike with different same ideas when it comes to apartment buildings. So the, the initially I, how I got into apartment buildings was uh, basically getting interested in it. It's a, it's a totally different ball game than single family, the much bigger scale, different dollar uh -huh. amount involved, different way to manage it whatsoever. So I got a lot of coaching, went to different events. And then I found a business partner who's kind of has a similar mindset like I did. So initially mm -hmm. the first one was like two, four blacks. It's not really multifamily, but kind of bigger ones. And then I bought a 12 blacks in Huntsville. Um, sold that a year later, made like $120,000 on it. And, uh, so I was kind of, I was kind of hooked on, on that. I mean, Huntsville apartment buildings was just crazy the way it went, you know? Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, I was, if I had hold on for another year, I could have probably sold for another hundred thousand dollars more. But at the time I was like, man, I can make $120,000 a year later. Let's, let's do it. You know? And, um, yeah. And, um, so I found his business partner and actually in the height of COVID, uh, April, 2020, we closed on a 40 plex in uh, Mobile, Alabama, coming back to nice. what we talked about earlier, you know, being, being fearful and all this. I mean, everybody like stay in the house. Don't, don't go out. Uh, real estate markets collapsing whatsoever. And I, I'm like, no, there's, there's, I mean, it's going to go. I mean, I didn't, I didn't anticipate it's going to be as bad as it became, but okay. I understood it's going to be whatever it is, but, we're going to come out ahead of this and things will be fine. And it was a great deal. Nobody else wanted at the time, uh, 40 unit, highly distressed, uh, only 18 units were rented. Um, there were like six or seven units. You couldn't even live in it. Um, okay. neglected, uh, landlord lived in California, hadn't been there in years. And, um, yeah, so we bought that one and, uh, went to work, you know, repositioned it. Mm -hmm. And at the time, the average rent was like four seventy, 
and we sold it two oh. years later the average rent was like 650. so um, yeah that's good yeah, we're able to generate substantial improvement and again yeah it's valuation is different in multifamily so everything is based on the net operating income so yep. we did uh, we did very well so i bought with that same business partner i bought a, an 18 plex and i bought another 40 40 unit in in mobile but then uh, last year spring we decided to sell it all all multifamily Mm -hmm. so that's something good for the listeners to know um you know differently than single family homes they're evaluated as compared to what other homes around the subject property sold however in multifamily, it's based on the net operating income which is whatever the property brings in minus the expenses not including the mortgage and that's how an appraiser analyzes multifamily. Um, so that was, I mean, by and then, and then, and then you have cap, then you have cap rates. So every every mm -hmm. every city and in within that city, there's different cap rates uh, where you basically okay. assess to. Um, I don't want to go into all the details, but the nicer the property, usually the cap rates lower, more more risky properties or not so nice neighborhoods. The cap rates is higher, so you can have mm -hmm. within the city different cap rates. Um, so between net operating income is the main driver, but also your cap rate is the other piece in the equation. Between those two, you, right. you evaluate the, the, the value of, of, of multifamily. Cool deal. Uh, one more question before we, we start wrapping things up. Now you, as an investor, you talk a lot in your LinkedIn. Again, we'll, we'll talk about your social platforms in a second. In your LinkedIn, you talk a whole bunch about inflation. So you, as a real estate investor, why are you not worried about inflation, especially now in these times? Yeah, I mean, I'm worried about it in general. I think it's it's inflation is a, is horrible for 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 the people as it takes. I mean, with inflation, you lose purchasing power. Okay, so right. what you could buy for a hundred dollars today, in a year from now, you need let's say inflation is seven dollars seven percent. You need hundred and seven dollars to buy the same thing that you could buy the year before for a hundred dollars. You know, so wow. people lose their purchasing power, but it's a it's a it's a hidden hidden thief. So people don't realize it. You know, like right. if you go to a supermarket and you complain about oh whatever the eggs are more expensive now whatsoever, but you don't really fully comprehend as a regular person what what, what the impact or you don't realize how that's you how you lose in purchasing. It's very slowly you lose your purchasing power. You don't really realize it. Um, what mm -hmm. I like about real estate is, or cash flow in real estate is that you can't, it's a, it's an inflation hedge. So as inflation awesome. goes up, I can also, depending on what market I'm in, but I usually I can go with inflation rate, increase the rent on my properties. Uh, sometimes even more, sometimes a little bit less, but uh, mm -hmm. in general, you can go with inflation, increase the rent on your properties to offset the inflation impact. So you, you, you protect. So I'm raising the rent by $100, which might be uh, an 8% increase of what the rent was before. Mm -hmm. So people are like, oh, you make $100 more. I mean, yes, I make $100 more, but inflation went up too. So I'm not really gaining $100, but I keep my purchasing power. You know, uh -huh. I can still buy the same thing that I could buy before. Um, yep. If I hadn't done it, I would just like, if you have a regular job and you get a 3% raise and inflation rate is 7%, you lose money, you lose purchasing power um, year over year, or you put your money in a savings account with 1% while inflation is 7%. You lose, you don't, you on paper, you had $100 in, it's 1%. So next year you have $101 in it. So on paper, like, oh, I'm, I have $1 more. Uh, in reality, you can buy less for that $100. You actually right. lost six, six, with 7%, you lost $6 in purchasing power. Well, well, but uh, real estate, yeah, let's set that. Yeah. So that's another one of the other benefits as to investing in real estate. Well, Marco, I mean, this has been awesome. Great. A lot of great information. I mean, honestly, if you, you can go back to this episode because there's a lot of, if you have never been involved in real estate, this is the time, especially after listening to this episode. I mean, go learn about the benefits, um, the advantages that this, this asset class has. Now, Marco, I know you have a mentorship program going on. Do you want to talk to people about that? Yeah, I mean, it's nothing really I, I, I push too hard, but uh, I'm, like I said, I'm very active on LinkedIn, so I post about my journey. 
Um, there's a lot of people reaching out to me who hate their corporate job, you know, but they, they have the golden handcuffs, what I call it. So if you make $150,000 and you, you have a family, three kids and a mortgage, you cannot just quit. You know, you mm -hmm. might not like your job, you hate your job, but you, you cannot quit. So it's the golden handcuffs. So you're, you're, you're tied to your job in order to support your family, in order to take care of your family. You have to do a job even though you hate it. So a lot uh -huh. of people reach out to me is like, hey, uh, I love what you do. I wish I could do that too, you know. And and what they like about my story is that I did, I built this portfolio while I was still working. You know, a lot of yeah. successful real estate investors, when you know, meet them, they tell you, oh, I, I, I went all in, I burned the ships, I quit my job, and I went all in in real estate, you know. So I was able, my story is a little bit different as I was able to build this up while I was still working. You know, so a lot of people mm -hmm. resonates with a lot of people where they feel like, yeah, that's something I would love to do. So they reach out to me and ask me, hey, can you teach me how you do it? You know, so I have I've taken on several students now. Uh, a lot of them actually bought their first rental property. So what I do is I basically teach them all the concepts about real estate. So we, we touch on, on several, but there's way more in, in real estate, you know, way more mm -hmm. on, on why, how to scale up, how to why I scale up, what's the impact of inflation on, why, why I take out 30-year mortgages, for instance. There's a whole, I can talk for hours, why 30-year mortgage mm. is such a phenomenal product, you know? Um, yeah. And uh, uh, so I, I teach them that, and uh, basically people who never owned a property, one of the person, people I work with, he's a lawyer in, in Houston, I have somebody who's a VP of sales in Birmingham, I, I have different uh, people who, who I teach and help them to understand all the concepts that I use in order to scale up and become financially free. But I also, mm -hmm. what they like is I kind of hold their hand from identifying a market, identifying the right property, um, buying that property, help them to renovate it. How would I renovate it? What do I do to the property? And then help them to get the first tenant, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, so kind of mm -hmm. like holding their hand through the whole process. So a lot of people like that. Um, so yeah, that's one, one of the things I did, which, which came out of LinkedIn of a lot of people reaching out to me and asking me if they, if they can help, if I can help them yep. based on my posts and my journey and what I do. And that's the best way to, to get more information on that is to just contact you through LinkedIn. Yeah. 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 It's the best, uh, best, um, in general, I mean, follow me on LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, and, um, I'm sure if you just follow my post, you, you hopefully will learn a lot about about economic. I'm not only posting real estate; I only post about economics and other things. And because uh, I think it's also important as a as a as a real estate investor, yes, it's turn off the noise. But I think it's also important that you understand a little bit of on economics, on where yep. things going, what's the Federal Reserve doing, what does interest rates, what what, what that impact does it have on real estate, and what's how to position yourself. Um, yep. According to I, love, I mean, I love it. I love what you put on there. I mean, I've, I've, I followed you, and I, I know LinkedIn. I have like notifications come up when you post something, and you do it daily. So, so yeah, I wanna, I'm one of the biggest fans there because <laughs> it's really good content. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you, yeah, no, if you don't follow like Marco, share. I like to share. yeah, yeah. No, I like to share, and I, and I try to help as many people become financial free as possible. You know, and, and break those, mm -hmm. break those golden handcuffs. Yeah, so if you don't follow Marco, go go do it right now. You know, get on LinkedIn, follow him because it's again you're you're gonna learn a lot from just watching his posts. It's a lot of good stuff. Um, well, yeah, guys. I mean, I man, I'm, I appreciate you, Marco. Since since the day that I found out that you invest in real estate. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I, you know me, I like to help you, man. I, I love your journey. I, I'm very impressed, man. I mean, you you uh, in a short amount of time, you already went pretty pretty far and. And I know there's a lot more to come. So, um, so no, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very impressed in what you're doing. Love following your journey. You, you're very active on Facebook. So I love following your yep. stuff, your videos. And uh, one day you got to teach me how you do your videos because that's pretty, 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 <laughs> pretty good stuff. <laughs> well, so, um, so, yeah, no, no, I appreciate the opportunity to sit here, help you building your podcast, uh, talking to people. Hopefully somebody listens to this and, if at least one person listens to this and gets some kind of idea and, and, and change their life, uh, that's 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 all what it's about. Absolutely. So it was all worth it. But yeah, guys, if you're listening to us or watching us on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. 
hit that like button because that's the way we grow. If you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're at, please subscribe, follow us, and leave us a leave us a five star review if you like. You know, if you got some value out of this conversation. Uh, but yeah, follow us at at Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast. That's our podcast Instagram, and then myself, I'm at ant one two three four Moreno and one two three four Moreno, and then Marco Pfeiffer on LinkedIn. Look him up. And and I'll put the link in the show notes. So if you're if you're driving at the moment, okay, um, just go yeah, yeah. Go go to the show notes and follow Marco on there. Oh, well, thank you guys, and we'll see you on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed today's episode please connect with me on Instagram at Daily Real Estate Investor or via email at josiasmelser at gmail.com. My new book titled Dream It and Build It, How to Crush Your Real Estate Investing Goals is out. You can get it either in digital or physical format on Amazon. Once you've read the book, please leave me a review. Tune in next time for another episode of The Daily Real Estate Investor as we both join in our financial freedom journey.